What a day, what a day, what a day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of EQ Book Club. We are very lucky to have this incredible woman on the podcast today. I saw her on my friend Solomon Berezin's podcast. Shout out to Evan Flo. Y'all have heard him on here before, and I knew that I needed to have her share her story and awesome mind on here. So I reached out to get her on this show about two months ago, and I am truly very thankful that she hasn't been able to do it until now, because right now, uh, exactly when she needs to be here, for one reason that we both went through the... um, the, the snow terror of Texas uh, at the same time, <laughs> and uh, her experience was very different than mine, so I would love to hear about that. But also, because Nicole, I finished binge reading a very excellent book this weekend, and I'm ecstatic to talk to you about it, talk to anyone that has read it. Um, Nicole Sylvester, welcome to EQ Book Club. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, even though it was delayed, I was like, let's keep, let's get this thing on the calendar because I was excited to be here with you and your people. I appreciate it. I'm hoping they appreciate it as well. I'm sure they do. Um, This book that I was just mentioning, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, is phenomenal as far as science goes, but also as far as spirituality goes. And uh, I think you use a lot of the thoughts in this book uh, in your practice. So we will definitely get into that. But let's talk about your practice first. You are an extremely successful coach and you have a really beautiful niche in your coaching practice. I believe that the greatest niches in any field really where you're helping people are the ones where people have overcome a lot of pain and create new perspectives and opportunities for themselves via this pain or this growth that has had to come from it. And in that, you are able to do the same for others, really. And mine specifically comes from growing up suppressing a lot of emotion and choosing not to engage with my feelings and other people's feelings until it was causing physical and mental turmoil Uh, for me on an hourly basis. So your story is so very interesting. And in my eyes, it is what has brought you the ability to help as many people as you do and make bank doing it, which is also very interesting. So would you be open to sharing that story? And at the end, maybe let's connect what I was just talking about and what you're maybe about to talk about to breaking the habit of being yourself. Sure. Remind me if I about bringing it back to breaking the habit of being yourself but essentially that's what I did right like that's what we are here to do I feel is to look at how we've been conditioned what how we're living and ask does this serve me does this serve where I want to go and for me I never thought to ask those questions I was kind of born into a family where I just thought okay this is these are the cards I was dealt and this is what's going to happen to a a girl like me. And then a woman like me, I grew up around abuse, like neglect. You know, my mom would have black eyes. My mom and dad would fight over rent money. My dad was a drug addict and my mom ended up turning to alcoholism. So I grew up in a space of feeling neglected and I just didn't understand um, why I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I belonged. 
anywhere, <laughs> you know, except for with kids that were also doing kind of bad things. I turned into the wrong crowd, smoking weed, doing a lot of acid, like doing all these things at a young age, like 15, 16. And I found myself in my first abusive relationship at age 17. And that was a wake up call for me because it turned into like being pushed a little bit to like getting straight punched in the face. And then to feeling like I need to escape this abusive relationship. And when I finally did and found the courage, this um, ex of mine actually came and found me and kidnapped me from a friend's house and just beat me till I was unrecognizable. And I felt at that time, something shifted in me. It was like, I went into the darkness even more. It was like, I thought that I was unworthy before, but when that happened, it's like, I went into a place where I didn't know how to get out of. I couldn't hold a job. I was on antidepressants and I ended up becoming a stripper because I thought this is the only job where I don't have to be sober. <laughs> and I didn't have to have a college degree. I have that. I went to school till eighth grade. And I found out that I was not a great stripper because I don't like flirting with strange men. And I definitely, <laughs> like, it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't my vibe. So I ended up um, turning to selling drugs and I would sell cocaine, small amounts. And then just little things. I was just trying to kind of get by in my limited perspective, how I grew up. I thought, well, it's kind of over for me. I don't have a college degree and I believed I needed that at the time. So I ended up moving to Vegas and I moved to Vegas when I was 22. And in the first night I was there, I talk about this in my book, I met my daughter's father and I didn't know that we would be so deeply connected, but we became great friends. And I, it turns out that he had, he was selling drugs and I got together with him and I was like, well, Hey, I will fly this stuff back to Philadelphia where I'm from. And that's what I did. I ended up flying large amounts of cocaine and other things on planes. So, I mean, like I was like, like ski my life and living like I had nothing to live for. And that was until I got pregnant with my daughter. When I got pregnant with my daughter, that's when I had this like, oh my gosh, I have someone else to live for. I have someone that needs me. I need to get my stuff together. But my daughter's father didn't want to stop doing the things that we were doing. And he became very abusive. And it took a great deal for me to break away from that to the point where there was a fight and I had 10 staples on the top of my head and my scalp. And I had to put Xanax in his food and drink to have him fall asleep so I could take my daughter. So six weeks after I escaped, literally he murdered a woman in our house. So the abuse kind of continued. And that was just like, I have chills right now because if that's just something that doesn't wake you up, nothing will. Yeah. And I just went back to our house in Las Vegas um, and saw some other woman's blood in our home. I just realized like that could have been me. And I felt like it was supposed to be me. Mm. And in that moment with all that guilt and the shame, like this was supposed to be me, this person's dead. Now I realized like, I could not let this life be lost in vain. And I needed to break these patterns. I needed to look deeply at what these patterns were. So I headed off from Vegas to LA to start to have a normal life. <laughs> and in my normal life, I found great suffering when I sobered up, when I stopped doing the drinking, when I stopped doing the pills, when I stopped doing drugs, I found that pain, that torment that you kind of mentioned that you experienced. I found that so extreme that I was having panic attacks 
constantly. Mm -hmm. And I was diagnosed with a panic disorder. And it took this one day where I was on a freeway and I had a panic attack and I blacked out and I ended up in a hospital that my friend was like, you have to do something about this. And she took me to a spiritual center. <laughs> She's like, you have to go to this thing. And I was so anti, like anything that resembled a church, like keep it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and this was back in 2010. So, but I was in such great pain. I knew these pills made me feel like a zombie and I knew that wasn't the way, but I also had so much PTSD that I would see my ex. Like I would wake up at night and imagine my ex was like in the hallway. I was like, my body would just not relax. So all of this trauma that I had been numbing since age 15, when I started numbing out till age, whatever I was back then, um, I think it was like 29, 28. Um, whenever that happened, I was, it was all coming to the surface mm -hmm. and it was overwhelming. So at the spiritual center, I discovered a truth. Not only did I discover meditation, all these things, but I also discovered a truth that that teacher, Michael Beckwith talked about at the time. He says, there's a part of you that can never be hurt, damaged, or broken, no matter what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And it's about connecting to that part of you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it just like something about that just felt so like medicinal to me because I always thought I am broken. Right. I am damaged. It's too late for me. Yeah. And so that set me off on a journey where I just going to silent meditation retreats. I kept reading all the books and a few years later, I had my awakening moment. It was at a silent retreat. It was probably like my sixth silent retreat. It was on a New Year's Eve uh, journey. And I was meditating on how to like make more money at my, you know, the job I had and like how to kind of get out of this perpetual struggle that I felt like just I suffered from. And I get this download and it just like washed over me. It just felt like the most like loving, supportive feeling. And it said, share your story, help women. Everything will be taken care of. Hell yeah. Now, at the time, no one knew these things besides a few, few like VIP people in my life. <laughs> it just happened to be blessed with all my tragic stories. <laughs> no one knew, like no one knew all these things. So I had like buried them down. So that was when I realized I have to like, I have to get this story out in the world. So that's kind of how that all went down. And that happened in 2015. Wow. And how did, thank, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. It is beautiful in all the pain and the positivity that came from it how did this sharing of your story start um i i think it's beautiful kind of the the idea here is that people connect with pain in a positive way when you share it with compassion right yeah. that's kind of what both of us are trying to do is is share that you know, we have compassion for your story because we have our own stories. Everybody has their own stories and it's yeah. okay to share your pain and, and to exist uh, in a space that is painful because everyone is either doing it or has done it. Um, yeah. It's not absurd to be in pain, which a lot of us think uh, growing up that like you're not supposed to be in pain. You're not supposed to you know, have these feelings or um, exist in this way. And as you said, I was uh, someone who did it as well, but just numbing yourself with a lot of drugs and whatever else it is that, that you can find that does the trick. Yeah. Um, but tell, tell us about how you start sharing your story and, and, and how that looks going forward. Yeah. So that download came and I wasn't ready to accept it. 
when I heard it. So it took me, that was like New Year's Day, um, I think going into 2015, it took me until October to actually have the, like I had a kind of coming out video, it's still on YouTube. It's kind of funny watching it because it's like I had so much makeup on and like <laughs> somebody did my hair and makeup. Like I was scared to do it and I had to drink wine to like make the damn video. <laughs> but <laughs> I just knew it had to get out. But I mean, it's like when you have those irrational fears, I had a fear that this was connected to my lovability. Mm-hmm. And I felt that if people knew the real me, they wouldn't want me around anymore. So even though at this time, just in 2015, I really believe that to be true. So it was very scary. So around the summer of that time, I kept meditating on it and asking, like, how would I share? I didn't want to just write a post out of the blue. There was like a knowing that, like, I wanted to make it feel like I'm coming out about something. So I launched my business, which at the time was called Liquorate. It was just about finding emotional freedom. Mm -hmm and sharing about my story. Um, So that's what I did is I came out about my story and it was so, the turning point is when I made the video in uh, August, between October 1st and August, when I made the video, I had a deep feeling of like vulnerability hangover. Cause I was just like, oh my God, can I really share this? Can I really let people know this about me? Like maybe I shouldn't do this, (laughs) but I decided to put it out on October 1st because October is domestic violence awareness month. And That's why I put that out. When I put the video out, it was so scary. But let me tell you, one thing I learned is that everything I hated about myself actually brought people closer to me. And it was just like, wow, you know, like how could this thing that I buried inside, hated it, thought that if anyone knew about it, they would be like, get this messy, crazy, chaotic person away from me. Like, I don't want her at dinner with us. I don't want to invite it to anything. <laughs> but when I put it out, so many people came forward to tell me the things that they were hiding too. So it's incredible because we are taught to kind of put your best face forward. And I get it. We're not, life wouldn't be that great if we just ran around ranting about everything that sucks all the time, right? <laughs> but there's difference when we're having something that we're suffering from inside. And when we actually bring it out, to be witnessed, what I've learned since then is there's so much healing in that mm-hmm. because we don't have it up here just looping in our mind constantly. Right. We end up letting it out, letting other people also like see this and hold it with us. And it transmutes it in ways. So that was how I had my coming out. And then my everything evolved because what I learned is that I talk about this in my book, like Nikki versus Nicole. I used to be known as Nikki. Right. And I try to kill off Nikki in a lot of ways. Like Nikki likes hip hop music. Nikki will tell someone to fuck off. Nikki is not taking any bullshit. Like Nikki is gritty. You know, she has done some crazy things. She takes big risks. But then I was like, Nicole is like meditates. Nicole is spiritual. Nicole knows how to not have, you know, rage fest. (laughs) And like can can like take somebody doing something she doesn't like and just let it be. So I was trying to be Nicole and forgot about Nikki. And somewhere along the line in 2017, I realized that Nikki needed to be integrated. Like she wasn't, she was a part of me, this Mm -hmm. identity. And I realized like Nikki is sassy. She's good at business. She's great (laughs) at making money, even though she's only done it in illegal ways in the past. Right. So I just brought her back and 
that's how my big live event harmonious hustle was born is like the harmonious with the hustle and it's like hip hop and it's fun. And we learn how to bring out like the inner bad bitch, the one that loves making money, the one that is fierce, the one that has strong boundaries, but she also knows how to tune in and trust herself and love others. So it's just like, it's all come in together and, you know, here now. (laughs) I love that. That is so beautiful. That's truly exciting to be able to integrate, um, you know, who, who you thought you didn't want to be into who you are. Um, I think freedom. Yeah. It's, it's freedom, isn't it? Yeah. I, uh, my original coaching training that I was in, uh, is from Gallup, uh, and they do this thing called strengths finder and essentially without getting into too much of it, they everyone has these inherent strengths and these these themes of uh what exists in themselves uh, and this company has done this uh and discovered that there's essentially 34 themes and my number one theme was uh or is command and when i discovered that i was like oh shit now i understand why people don't like me because I have to be in charge and I (laughs) think I'm the leader because I, you know, inherently command is like my number one strength, strength. And so at the time when I discovered this, I was just like, no, this, I, oh, I hate it. I can't, I don't want to be commanding. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to feel like other people can't be some way around me because my command, the presence of me is so strong in that they can't be this way. And I think that came out a lot in my not having interest in uh, emotions at the time. And uh, so because of that, my command put that into my relationships of like, I'm not having emotions you're not having emotions. We're not talking about this. Like we're not <laughs> doing <out> this. <laughs> and I, uh, I think, you know, exactly what you're saying. It's beautiful. Once I discovered what command could be, um, yeah. it can be being, having this command in my voice, in my speaking, when I stand up in front of people, when I, uh, put together this presentation for one of my master's classes and, the presentation is no longer working, but I am five minutes behind on when I was supposed to give this presentation. And yeah. now I have to improvise the entire thing. And it sounds like a normal presentation because I have this command in my voice. And that's the power of of my command specifically to me. And when you're able to discover these, these things that in you for so long were pain points, uh, once you can readjust that paradigm and make them strengths, Man, it's just as you said, liberating. It's it's freeing. It's so yeah. exciting. I think that's interesting to think of, like how all of us, in our own ways, may have something that is a gift, but haven't learned to embrace it as a gift yet. Exactly. And it does take us doing this work because you know it, integration. Life is so much about integrating. From reading a book, how are you going to integrate that into your life? Um, to having an, an experience with someone or at a place and you, you take this and integrate it into your life. And I think that's the thing 
with our life society, everyone wants instant results. Everyone wants things to happen like this. Mm. Everyone's like, okay, I did the course. I read the book. I did the thing. What now? (laughs) Without the integrating and letting things settle in and letting things kind of unfold and emerge too. So yeah, I love that. Also there's shadows and light to each of our strengths and gifts. Absolutely. So there's so much to play with here, but I feel like one thing that I found that women love, um, to, to do when they work with me is they're like, I didn't know that that part of me was good. I know that I could bring that part of me and have it be in business because there's so many people that are trying to kill off their Nikki, whatever that is. Right. And we're taught that, that, that Nikki is not welcome at school in corporate America, maybe in some, you know, aspects of home. But when we just sing, like all of us is welcome here. Right it's it's healing it's revolutionary it's necessary yeah i mean because it's it's us so it is it is is very liberated so yes that was like a next level liberation for me when i got to do that yeah it's interesting actually let me see if i can articulate this thought that i'm having right now but the same way that you you know we are letting we're numbing part of our past uh that we you know as you were talking about in your story numbing your past and then you become who nikki was right and then now you're becoming this next person in your head and you you kind of numb that past right but it's not until you let all of these past all of these experiences integrate before you're able to really truly live out that life that you're trying to live out yeah well also if one way to also look at it is if there's anything from your past that you are trying to shut down even in the pain even in the suffering we're missing the gifts of it Mm. so if you shut and compartmentalize and try to dismiss something that you think sucks actually i bet you we can find great wisdom there I bet you we can find discernment there. I bet you we can find strength there. So when we do that, we think that we're helping ourselves, but we're actually hurting and cutting off authentic power from ourselves as well. Right. Yeah. An excellent way to put that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So I was telling my therapist yesterday about this book, of course, because I'm telling everybody about it. It's an exciting book. Uh, but one of the reasons I was saying I like it so much is its ability to connect modern science to ancient wisdom and spirituality. And when you are kind of creatively associating the thoughts from this book, you can yeah. connect those things to current religious viewpoints and how far maybe our current societal views of religion have come away from that ancient wisdom that also connects to this modern science. And anyway, I love that this book is able to connect science and spirituality, as I was telling you, and most of my favorite books do this. I think about that kind of stuff all the time because I really want to do my best to connect authentically to spirituality. And I think about spirituality in a sense that I want to pull the veil of inaccessibility and pretentiousness from it because yeah. a lot, the way of a lot of modern association with spirituality is based on 
cultures and religions and places and they can really make people feel ostracized or confused about their own beliefs like when like even if you are religious in some way or you're spiritual in some way uh, and you're connected to a religion or a culture that shares that and you start thinking well what if or like what if dot 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 or why blank Um, and then but you know this what you think is ancient wisdom in this religion is telling you that it can't be this certain way. It starts to confuse you and you feel ostracized or you feel kind of trapped in what that religion may feel. And so I just think, uh, I would love to talk about the basic, what I think is the basic idea of spirituality, which is, I think a way that you use it in your practice. And that is that spirituality is really a higher level of thinking about life and finding meaning in existence so if you're doing this higher level thinking i believe you are spiritual and it is all about your thoughts your thoughts are what make you who you are and define your paradigm as we've been talking about so therefore your highest sense of spirituality may not be religion if you don't connect to all of its teachings and your spirituality is really whatever you believe and all you need to do to have spirituality is think at a higher level. And I I say this because there are a lot of people that are, that hear the word spirituality or think about, they connect it to religion or some cultural experience or whatever it is. And, and that turns them off that, that shuts the bars for them to be able to connect to higher thinking in this way. And all this is to say, your spirituality exists around being a badass woman, helping badass women and wearing black clothing, having the cool nails that you have and cussing. And so I'm asking spirituality. I hear your question. Spirituality. It doesn't have rules. Like the real, I think the difference to me, I'm, I never been religious because It didn't make sense to me. Like I grew up going to a Catholic church and there would be things that are like anti people that like people that have abortions basically are not welcome here. Gays are not welcome here. That never resonated as love. Yeah. Or like this is a a energy or entity or a being that cares. (laughs) Like it felt very heavy and judgmental. And I just, I never, I always questioned it. I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. Um, so then I went atheist, but what brought me into where I consider myself spirituality or spiritual and why I come back into this world, I use that word because people that as an identifier, like I'm spiritual, but really it's us. It's a, it's a highly personal experience. Mm -hmm. That's what spirituality is for me because it's going beyond the human perception of what life is to a greater consciousness and begin to see things grasp things in a bigger different way Mm -hmm. and there's like secrets that life has there's feelings there's things that you can unlock even if it's for a moment and in those times it's like not on any drug not on anything you can catch a feeling of absolute peace absolute bliss absolute everything connected and that's why even for me like plant medicine I've done it, done lots of drugs, not intentionally. And 
the thing is I felt great bliss, ecstasy, euphoria on meditation in life. Yeah. And so I'm a big believer in doing the work to access that without trying to have shortcuts to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like spirituality is, first off, if anyone has these judgments or um, feelings about it, I would say unpack them. Yeah. And ask. I, I've had it too. As someone that considers myself to be a spiritual teacher, spiritual guide, I've had my own idea like, well, I want to buy Gucci and I want to say fuck and (laughs) I don't want to wear white all the time I don't want to always dress this way but it doesn't mean I'm not spiritual we have to be so anchored and grounded in our willingness to understand our own truth and to follow our spirit because our spirit's guiding us on our own journey so I'm about that life and that work and anything that's telling you you have to do this to be that question it absolutely that's like red flag stuff for me (laughs) and i don't i'm a rebel at heart but i'm just like i just don't do that (laughs) yeah i mean that's thinking that's that's the that's higher level thinking is if anything is telling you to do something think about well why you know like why should i be doing this and maybe you should how does it feel inside i think that's the thing is anything that tells you there's a lot of spiritual things on the internet right now that we need to be mindful of oh yeah and it's anything that tells you to abandon what feels true for you yeah and i feel like this is the work and what i teach women is i don't know what's true for you you have to follow i can i teach people the skills to learn how to discern because i help them raise their awareness beautiful but of course i love to teach people about money because (laughs) i just feel like without money we do do things that are not serving us without money. We're almost like just abandoning ourselves a lot, whether it's trading in our time for jobs that we hate Mm. being in relationships that we don't want to be in living in suffering, feeding ourselves toxic foods. Like there's so many things we do for the sake of not money because we make money an idol. That's it's not really an idol. Right. Tell me more about, uh, you just mentioned relationships in that space. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, for instance, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people in real life and I know a lot of people on the internet that reach out to me and they're in relationships because they feel like they can't afford to be out of that relationship. So a lot of these people are moms. So for me as a single mom that was in abusive relationships and in my abusive relationship, I did have a fear that I couldn't afford to live on my own. And there's people that stay in dynamics because money is the power. Mm-hmm. And there's also people that stay at jobs that literally are soul sucking to the point where they are on antidepressants, where they're just like trying to get through the next day, through the next day, because they think they have to because of benefits. <laughs> and I'm just like, we are infinitely resourced. What we is have- it benefiting, really? <laughs> yeah, like come out of this like limited paradigm that you're in that you think that you have to. And I get it. But so my thing is teaching the gospel of there's another way and that we all have our our own unique abundance and how to like kind of sift through and begin to tap into what that spirit or intuition or, you know, inner guidance is asking you to do because we're always being guided to harmony, Mm -hmm. but we've been taught to dismiss that voice from a very young age. Right. 
So it's like, how do we come back home to it? It's a process. It is. It's yeah, a, that's the work I do with people. Well, I love it. I'm glad you're doing it. Everyone that's doing it with you appreciates you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like not a choice at this at this point in time. <laughs> no, it's this... just one of those things. Like, come on, don't we see? Let's look over here. Let's look within. And, um, you know, it's really beautiful. I feel like there's spirituality is trending, but it's not a trend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's I hear trending what you're saying. And it's becoming more of a way of life. Corporations are teaching mindfulness. Corporations are teaching breath work. You know, like these things are happening because we're all becoming more sensitive as a species and we can either dive right in and do it or we can like resist it and pretend it's not real, but it's, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Well, Nicole, I'm thankful for you. I think there's a lot of information in what we've just talked about to yeah. process. So I'm going to let people yeah. do that. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, keep going into too much where it's just like, wow, I, that one thing that Nicole said at the beginning, I've totally forgotten it because I've just yeah. tried to process 20 other amazing things. So <laughs> yeah, let's totally. let them process. And while this is happening, one to three book recommendations, what do you got? So first I would say Untethered Soul. I really love that book. Um, both of Michael Singer's books have been revolutionary for me. The Surrender Experiment and Untethered Soul. So if you've read one, read the other. Um, you Can Heal Your Life, Louise Hay. I just think that she's just like the mother of coming home and accepting all of yourself. So I feel like it's just a loving book whenever I feel like I'm being hard on myself I just go back to that and I would say Course in Miracles even though it's just there's so many gems in that book it's a dense book I've never read the whole thing I've done the lessons but it's definitely changed the way that I viewed life and um, even you know just the way that I see everything excellent well that was three might have been Four books, which is great. We love that. We, I mean, we've talked about five books now in this episode because I yeah. mentioned breaking the habit of being yourself. And my book. I was gonna know. say we need yeah. that oh, as well. Well, I don't know. Do you do video? Uh, no? I can. I will share this to make sure. Yeah. Yes. This. Oh, shifts. But yeah. So I would say my book is reads like a fiction book because it's crazy and intense, <laughs> but it's inspiring. So if you want to know the story of the awakening and the process and all the things um i've had women and men that are in the reviews that have loved this book because i i've heard that from the men's perspective in the comments they say that it's interesting to hear from a woman the perspective of tox toxic masculinity absolutely always and yeah so there's a lot of that in there but um yeah anybody else that wants to look deeper i have my youtube channel a lot of it's about business there's there's stuff on spirituality as well meditation awareness all that stuff so what's your youtube channel and your instagram where can people find you nicole sylvester so nicole with an h but yes. just nicole sylvester there's all sorts of things out there i, I create content like kind of i'm obsessed with it Always. so <laughs> yeah, my podcast miracle minded and yeah that's come find me come come say hi all right perfect Listeners, you can find these suggestions, prior episodes, recommendations, and a list of my five-star favorites at bookshop.org slash shop slash EQ. 
please use this link to support the podcast and shop local. If you are ready to address your pain head on and use it to create an abundant future, reach out anytime via my website or just message me on my Instagram at EQ Book Club. Send this episode to at least one person that will learn from it or enjoy the content in this episode. I dare you. I dare you. Follow and message me on social media on the at EQ Book Club account if you have any feedback. I'd love to hear it, positive or negative. I say this every week. Give me that feedback. Love it. This is also where you can find a bunch of relevant links to book recommendations, episode updates, and incredible quotes from people like Nicole that I find interesting in these episodes. It's a great day for a day, y'all. I love you. Goodbye.